Going on an adventure? We're on an adventure, Kathy. Oh my God. Why are you whispering? Because we're recording perverted podcast in the library. How are you in the library <laughs> recording? Shh. Don't be too loud. People are studying and looking at porn quietly by themselves. There's no way you're talking this loudly at the library. Where are I, you really? I, I'm in the fucking library. I'm in the uh, the the Burbank Library and they have study rooms that the doors close and they have semi-thick glass so people can have meetings and things ah, like that. Of why course, did you tell the public where you are? Now your fans are going to be storming the Burbank Library. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Storm away, all fucking none of you. It'd be great if someone walked in and they're like, hey, you're that guy, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, sit down. Let's hang out. You want to play some Uno or something? <laughs> Library. No, it's kind of cool. I mean, I don't feel like I can like yell and scream or whatever because there's literally a dude on the other side of the glass. I don't know what he can hear. I'm just looking for a little you know, body language in his shoulders. You know, he probably wants me dead or something like that. Right. But uh, it is nice because it's air conditioned and uh, it's free Wi-Fi. So sitting in front of Starbucks right now would be a little warm. You cannot beat free Wi-Fi and AC. I'm telling you right now. No, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm <laughs> feeling pretty good. After my uh, my long day of travel yesterday, flying back from from the other side of the world, uh, meaning the United States, because, you know, to Americans, you know, the yeah. U.S. is the world. That's uh, true. There is no other world. It's amazing that we have listeners in places other than the real world that is uh, America. Now, now you're pissing <laughs> off all of our international listeners. Stop it. No, I'm not pissing them off. They know how we are. We're a bunch of fucking arrogant, entitled assholes. So <laughs> so just figured to play along with the goddamn joke. How you doing, Kathy? I'm doing okay. Uh, yeah, just okay. I'm glad you're back because you're not on the other side of the world. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I am here. And, you know, the good news, Kathy, is I don't know how you're feeling. I mean, I guess you're feeling a little better, but uh, we're pretty much the single hose now. We are the single hose. I have even, I mean, a while ago, I took my profile off of FetLife. I mean, it was just blank. It didn't say anything. <laughs> and now I'm like, you that know, is... I should probably brush off my profile, spruce is... it up a bit and get on out there. That is so dark. It it's is. like Kathy blank. That's Hello, exactly... darkness, my old friend. Yes. All it said is I'm on Perverted Podcast. I've... Blank. That's it. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you, some of your soul came back and you decided to add. No, it was a, it was a good trip. It was bittersweet, of course, because I knew pretty much going out that that was going to be the last time I ever go out there. The first and last time I ever go back out there because there was, it was time for the next transition. Right. Um, between you and I and uh, and things we knew were coming. I mean, we've talked about this as long as there has been a perverted podcast. We have talked about um, the inevitability that I am, that what I have to offer a young woman, what I want to offer a young woman has an expiration date in regards to Mew and her incredibly ambitious um becoming a doctor, going through med school, you know, thing. Right. And so it, it really came to that time. And and I don't want to, you know, we've always looked at Mew as like everyone, all the letters that Perverted Podcast listeners have sent has been, you know, just cuteness, inspiration. Uh, and just, I really want to savor that 
with the listeners. And of course, between us, even though I'm usually the train wreck that does all the things wrong and there's all the vulnerabilities and things like that, you know, Mew has some of her foibles too. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and she has grown a tremendous amount in the time that we've been together. And I'd like to think that I was able some positive and some negative ways to make that better. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are things uh, about us that, um, just moving forward, she really does need somebody more on her level. And I'm, and I have always been a stepping stone. That is what I am the best at. And it may be sad. And there's a lot of emotions with that sometimes that I have to shove down, <laughs> just to shove them down because I have that romantic Prince Charming thing that I see myself as, but I'm not that person. Right. And as much as I want to be a horse, I'm a fucking monkey. And, and I can't pretend to be a full-time daddy because I'm not a full-time daddy. I'm not capable of that. I was for a while. Uh, we lived together for like three years or so while she was studying to get into med school. And now she's in there and I met all of her friends. She was real proud of me to meet all of her friends. I had to kind of hold back a little bit. We don't talk about the show to anybody or what I do, but you know, they know I'm kind of a pig cause they can see I'm double her age. Um, and right. so I met all of these like, these young adults that are just aggressive, like it, Kathy, it's hilarious. Like she's like, let's go to a game night. And it's like, I'm like, huh. and <laughs> so yeah. I go and the, the way med students party is like some of them party, but they, they, they cannot party like you and I party. Right. Because they have to be up at six in the morning to study for 15 hours, seven days a week. So they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're going to have this one glass of wine. And uh, and they're all feeling like, you know, crazy. And, the, you know, and then we play like this TV video game. <laughs> uh. And I'm like, and I lean over to them all. Am I supposed to finger your ass at some point? I mean, uh. to the. You know, and everyone's real liberal and there was lots of dirty jokes and stuff, but it was just, I felt so like I don't belong in that world. Well, you don't. There's (laughs) nothing wrong about that. You belong in a completely different world. And for a time, Mew belonged in this world too. And then she opted to move out, but you will rise again and at some point have, have a place where you can offer somebody more like what you did with Mew. But n- n- please don't curse me with that, Kathy. That's not Yeah, what because I, you I and I being the atheist, we believe in curses. Well, I'm just saying that's not something that I... I didn't want it with Mew. I didn't want it with Abyss. I didn't want it with any of the relationships. You know, I like being the stepping stone. I like not living with somebody. Well, actually, and, and, that's what I'm talking about is being a stepping stone. Yeah. Mentoring people is your kink. I got to tell you, there are times like this where I am extremely envious of your ability to detach and not allow these things to bother you. I don't know how you guys do it. It's not a guy thing only, but I have noticed it a lot in guys and... I don't know that I could ever get there, but I'm very envious of you guys right now. Kathy, things look good on the outside. And, no, they don't. and they I'll look pl- like crap. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll, I'll play that image with you. You know, I'll play it up that I don't have feelings. Well, like I, I said before. I didn't say that. I didn't um, say that. But the ability to detach and not allow your emotions to govern you 24 7 is uh, very different from what I am. I don't okay. want to be a robot either, but I would love yeah. to be able to have much better control over my emotions than I, I do. And I simply don't have that ability. No, I, I'll give you that. But I'm telling you right now, the the stuff that I'm stuffing down, the fears that I have about being alone, um, there are some things like Mew and I like um, – and I wanted to get into some of the fun, sexy stuff that we have. And it doesn't mean that if she visits, we aren't going to get a hotel and spend some time together if she's available for that. Um, because, you know, we'll always have kind of that thing. 
Um, but uh, I am shoving down some pretty gnarly stuff. And it comes up like I just want to like burst into tears and and just fucking fall on the floor in a fetal position. And I just I just hate pain. I am so tired and beat up from pain that I'm just so terrified of that pain that I just do the shove it down thing. And and I've gotten really good at it. But there's a lot of like serious, you know, nobody's ever validated me like Mew has for that long. I mean, our thing now is it's like I'm not, you know, and I'll do a host topic about this coming up where what's the difference between a daddy and a stuffy and uh and i won't get into it but pretty much i'm a stuffy to her that she calls daddy because and i don't want to be that right and she doesn't know that's what i am but that's what i've been this last year while she's been into med school i mean she was you know uh, she's like well you know i don't know what's going on you know kind of um and I'm like, you know, I've been a stuffy since you went to med school. You know, our relationship ended and changed, and we talked endlessly about this. Um, but you still wanted to call me daddy because it kind of helped you, you know, get through some, you know, hard times and your other breakup with that other fucking whoever guy he was. Um, and that was fine. So now I just don't want to be called daddy when you yeah. talk to me. Right. You know, if we're if we're doing a role play and I'm, you know, I'm basically the stuffy, then it's a role play. Her that's what her friend calls me. You know, she's called me nothing but daddy, but it's just a role play. Right. You know. And there's nothing wrong with that. You like that. Sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a fun. It's just I just need her to know that that's a role play. And then right. she, you know, she understood and she understood what I was talking about. So and instead of talking every day, we're going to go, you know, for now to every other day. So sh- this is the first day that I haven't talked to Mew in probably like six years, you know, um, we, well, except sometimes when she was camping or something. Um, but uh, and so a lot of that's very scary to me because even though I'm a train wreck, I really that validation was very important to me. Yeah. But yeah. it's kind of fake. Um, yeah, in some I, ways, I get it. It's, um, you know, I, I've I've never the reason. One of the reasons I'm having such a hard time with with this recent breakup is that I've never felt validated like I had with Creative Explorer ever. Right. And I don't think he understood until much later what. I don't think he ever even took in what it means to be a submissive and to give that to somebody. And so now that it's gone, uh, I, I feel the same way. Like I'm floundering. I don't know what to do. I had it for so long and it's heartbreaking, but we got you who's stuffing (laughs) down your feelings and me who can't control my feelings. We are quite a pair. (laughs) Well, Kathy, let's just take some stats on a medical (laughs) aspect. You're going to live. Ha ha ha. Fuck you. Probably another five, 10 years longer than I'm going to live because my chest is going to explode any day. Let us not forget the cancer in my family. Okay. You don't got me beat, (laughs) buddy. Well, we'll just see who's luckier. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Our listeners are just like, why do mom and dad do this? <laughs> why are we listening to this? Why are they so fucking grim? Okay, we're going to leave the grim and then talk about some of the fun things. So I talked you about... Do, wait, I'm what? sorry, but you do realize we didn't actually start the show, right? Oh, shit. <laughs> the following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, Please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Perverted Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to Perverted Podcast, where I can loudly announce that I am on Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and the human mind in a library. 
Uh, that's right. Recording Boogie in a library and Kathy in front of her brand new computer that I'm very happy with. Woohoo! Yay! So let me get back into it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I know there's some formalities we usually stick with and I didn't want to throw you off off kilter there. <laughs> so some of the good things that were, you know, and I talked about the fact that I, you know, uh, played with Muse Friend and that was really nice and also a very validating uh, individual. Um, so that was very nice. Cool. Um, and just in the last few days, you know, you know that Mew is sad and I'm holding down my feelings and we know this transition is the right transition. We both understand it. You know, Mew, of course, is like, why? I can have 700,000 things. You just come here and make my bed and, and you know, bring me tea. and Because she's been very independent. Right. You know, she went from having a daddy that basically doted on her and, and did all sorts of horrible things Oh, my cool God. You did everything. You kept her on schedule. You made her meals. You allowed her to study. You did everything. And she, well, <laughs> except the 12 hours of study a day. Um, that was her. So, um, God. but she's had to be, you know, all independent in the time that I haven't been there. And even when her mom came out and visited, her mom was all like totally impressed because, um, she was, so did everything. She cooked for the mom. She learned how to cook. She got, has all these recipes. She makes an amazing fucking hummus, like from scratch. That's, you know, like this is Mew, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I get there and I just gave her that break. I knew that she had been busting her ass this whole year and it was a really hard, but she passed her first year of med school. She's now in the second year of med school. And so I could see in her eyes, that she realized how much she missed <laughs> having someone do those things for her. Right. So I think there was some sadness about that and whatever. But at the end, we were like, okay, we have to get in a few things before I leave. Um, and one should be the semi almost awkward, uncomfortable CNC play scene. Mm-hmm where she really doesn't like it, but then gets really turned on. And so I took that risk and she's like, don't do anal on me. And I go, I'm fucking your ass right now. And she's all, no, please just don't. I just, I don't want to get a <laughs> UTI and you know, all this stuff that she does. And I just grabbed the lube and I'm like, this is going in. And she's like, Oh God damn it. And so <laughs> I, <laughs> so I find now once again, this is someone I've been with for over six years right. and we have negotiated that these things are okay. She does have a safe word if she uses the safe word, but she did not. And so I penetrated her asshole. I love how I'm talking about this in the library with it. I know, man, be careful. Five feet away from me. Um, and so I start fucking her in the ass. And sure enough, she's like, ow, 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 ow. And you just see her hand reach for her vibrator. Of course. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. Oh, my gosh. Uh-huh. She just explodes. And then. What uh, is this if, ow bullshit? <laughs> if there's no blood, it's not good anal. That's not my quote. That was uh-huh. her quote. Oh, my so, God. Um, so that was. <laughs> a lot of fun and then afterwards i took the condom and wiped my uh myself off and uh and then you know did some other things to her and and uh, it was great because it was <laughs> it was kind of out of nowhere we were doing a lot i mean we had had play and we did the fireplace scene and we'd done some good things but i really needed to remind her that she misses this right. and and so that this is something that um that even though she's kind of got away from that and gotten into mellower sex, um, that she still likes it, you know, or, or we would have just disastrously found out that wasn't the case. Uh, <laughs> and there would have been a safe word and I would have said, well, you know, we tried, but, uh, but she's all, Oh my God, I was so fucking pissed off at you. And then it just got so hot. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. I know that feeling very well that fucking pissed off feeling like who does this motherfucker think he is and then something happens and it's usually around the time where the guy pushes you down even more and makes it very clear that you can't get away and again i'm gonna say this is in a committed relationship where you have really negotiated and trusted each other but man when he pushes you and doesn't let you get up 
that's the point where it turns awesome. <laughs> <laughs> we can give literally you can make a warning every four seconds when you're describing a scene like this because that's what consensual non-consent is. Yes. It is it is a role play non-consensual activity. And if you don't know that it's like the Louis C.K. joke when he the girl's like, why didn't you just, you know, be more aggressive? He's like, what, I'm gonna rape you on the off chance that you like it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's but in consensual non-consent, you have negotiated that and you have a safe word in place, and that's safe word, but no doesn't mean no at all and she said no a bunch of times but she did not use her safe word and so that let me know that i'm gonna just fucking do it and it's just i know it sounds even well because it's been so long we used to do it all the time and it's amazing how after a while of not doing it you're kind of like well let's see how this goes yes yeah, that's cool though. I'm glad you yeah. guys did that. I'm no. glad there was some some consensual, non consensual penetrato. It there was quite a bit, and then the, she threw the line on me that night because I said, "Well, it's my last night," and so she stopped. It was she started. You know, I'm lay, I'm sitting next to her playing Pokemon Go while she's studying, and I might have taken a little bit of Viagra, uh, <laughs> and I'm laying next to her, and she's like, "Lay next to me." you know, while I study and she's studying and like all of a sudden she like, she didn't realize that I had like kind of shifted my dick out cause I'm a pig and cause she's <laughs> rubbing my leg and I just like a fucking, like a ninja dude. I just fucking lean it right over to where she doesn't even realize she's brushing my dick and, and it starts to get hard and she's just like studying like fucking and it's all, she's in palm right now, which is all pulmonary. This is what the lungs are doing and the transferring of oxygen and all this shit. And I'm like sitting there catching fucking Dakarumas and Pokemon go oh and God. fucking all of a sudden she looks down. She's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, eh? because <laughs> she said she would stop studying you know right. and so i kind of lean in i'm still in the library by the way describing all this and aye, aye. Uh, and she just grabs my dick and just while she's studying literally for the next 15 minutes just stroking my wiener i'm playing pokemon go she's fucking studying pulmonary fucking crazy shit and then the <laughs> clock struck fucking the time she said she would stop. And, uh, and she just, uh, we went at it and, uh, and there was some good fucky time and she had two really good orgasms. And then she did the thing where she turns around and said, cause she doesn't want me to fuck her anymore. She just looks me directly in the eye and goes, I am so satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> Code word, code phrase for. <laughs> I am totally satisfied. You are awesome. We should stop now. <laughs> oh, that's the longest safe word I've ever heard. <laughs> and that is was the the end of our vacation sex. And I left. Uh, I got on the plane the next morning. Oh my goodness! Came home. There's your story, kids. Ah, oh, it's a good bedtime story. It's a good bedtime story. It's <laughs> nice because now we're back into the drought, so I gotta, yeah. I gotta round up. But it's nice. It was uh, bittersweet, and now I'm here and uh, and getting back into the show. So let's fucking yeah. do some show shit. All righty. Celebrate your veg because it rocks. Put a needle in your cock on Fat Life. For your peace of mind, please know that the author of every post we talk about has specifically granted us permission to do so. Do you, have you ever noticed, Boogie, that I try and use di inflection on different words every time I say that phrase so it sounds a little <laughs> bit differently? You know what? It's I a mantra. I try and mix it up for the, for the listeners. It's a mantra. I mean, <laughs> some things are a mantra and we do the every job, Kathy, <laughs> has monotony. Like, I hate bands that don't want to play their hit song because they're like, we've played it 150 times. 
every job, whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a fucking cook or whatever, there's things about your job that every day you're going to do that certain monotonous thing that you've done a thousand times. Yeah. You're going to fill out the chart. You're going to fill out the paperwork. You're going to flip the, the, the thing. You're going to cut mine. the food. And that's that's yours. So just embrace it. I embrace my monotony. I say that to myself every day at work. So this isn't the only place. <laughs> All right. Today we have a post by Bloom entitled, Why Submission? And she says, I have been in charge of myself and others for my entire life. Being the caretaker of my past partners because they couldn't do their own damn laundry or pay their own bills. Though, of course, it never started out that way. I took care of their neglected pets, their other partners, and was the boss of my contractors and employees, telling them every single day what to do, how to do it, and correcting their mistakes. I have loved, even if not enjoyed, being someone who can handle that type of stress and responsibility. But as someone who was abused, I have trauma that leaves me constantly on high alert, and I am exhausted. Submission has been something I've wanted since before I can remember. It was a weird obsession that just never went away. So when it comes to the bedroom and DS, I want, I need to fucking let go. And for once, not be the one making decisions. Not be the one keeping track of every little thing going on. I crave from the marrow in my bones to feel safe enough to collapse my walls and sink into an oblivion of pain, pleasure, and mental euphoria. Being a sub is in my blood but I barely know how to turn off the control I have in my head. And I'm terrified of letting the wrong people in again. I love this post so much. I love that. Oh my God. (laughs) I feel like we're like high school girls now. Oh my God. I love that post. I want to put it in a poster on my wall. I feel like I was in high school when I was in high school reading teen beat magazine. Totally. Because this is, for if you've been in the lifestyle for a while and you've seen a lot of people and that's one of the benefits of being in the lifestyle is that you get to see all the different people and all the different types of submissives and dominance and switches and all the things in between and what's funny is there is such a like a surprise a lot of people that come in and they want to be submissives and they desire exactly what this poster is saying and they're speaking about it passionately, almost identical, almost word for word in some ways. Most of those people have very high pressure jobs or where they've had to be in control or they're, or they're a parent that has to manage many children or, you know, it's always something, you know, a lot of times it's that balance that you don't have in your life. And of course it's amazing to be in control and to take care of everything, but it is actually very normal. It's a very normal reaction for people that have very high pressure. I'm always in control managerial type of things to want to to desire to let that go right yeah very very true it's uh it's something that i i understand what she says when she means to find somebody uh who you feel safe enough around to collapse your walls and that nothing uh explains submission better than that and it is especially um necessary for someone who is very dominant and responsible in their everyday life um, I'm certainly not in the same position she is, but I feel like I'm always on stage, always having to be aware of what's going on around me, take care of myself, take care of those that I love. <coughs> Excuse me. And it is a very rare thing to find somebody that makes you feel safe enough to do that, who accepts you, who, as you said earlier, makes you feel as though you're you're worth something and you're needed. And I, and Boogie, by the way, I got to tell you something. You got to cut me off if I stop talking too much about my breakup and my breakup this book. Okay? I'm just saying that in, I, for the I, future. Well, you didn't hear the last show. I did cut out about did a you? minute and a half. Of, I don't uh, mind. Yeah, no. Editing is not a problem. But okay, <laughs> I, I can't help it because, of course, I have to relate it to you, what Kathy, I'm going through. So you're, you're doing good. 
Okay. You're totally so, doing good. So it, it it's a it's a not an easy thing to find. And that it that is one of the big reasons why the breakup was so hard on me because you you do you do go through a lot to get to the point where you feel safe enough with someone once you do find that person. And then to have it be gone is a very it's very debilitating to your mind. You you didn't have it before that person and now you don't have it again. And you have to find it with someone else. And right. it's it's a hard thing to do, particularly if like uh the writer here has so many issues with being abused in the past and being taken advantage of, but that feeling doesn't go away. And it, it, I'm reading this post. It broke my heart because I know what that struggle is like to find somebody uh, who you feel safe enough to do that around and how necessary it is to your mental and emotional well being. So um, yeah, the essence was actually a hard one for me to read. Well, I think, because, you know, we're trying to find, I always try to find some practical applications. And the practical applications that I saw very clearly here. Now, you, in your situation, you have kind of fleshed out, at least in your relationship that you had before, mm-hmm. you understood what your submission was. And now you know you need to go find that again. So but you already have some experience. But if you don't have the experience of developing what your submission is or what your what your desire is in a practical sense, meaning how it's going to actually work out with somebody you give that power to. Right. If this is something you haven't discovered with an individual yet, I would always recommend that's what the community and FetLife and all the groups and books and all of that information is for. So you can define at least to yourself what sounds like the healthiest version of submission to you first. Mm-hmm. So you kind of know because when you have bad experiences and she described that she had some bad experiences, you really don't know if that bad experience came just because that person was a douche or you were looking for something that wasn't realistic or they weren't able to give you what you want, uh, regardless of if it's bad because they're just an asshole. Um, so it's really important for you to understand what, how does submission work in a DS relationship? How does it work? Go into, there's a million, okay, maybe not a million, but there's lots. There's <laughs> lots of submissive groups that talk about submission and what they have in their relationships. And just like learning what type of kinks or play you like, it's a great way to see what other people are doing and then pay attention to how you identify with those things. So that way you can at least know, I want a relationship like that. So when you start negotiating with the people that um, you're potentially going to open up to or try to work on opening up to, at least you know what you're looking for and what to start negotiating for. Does that make right. sense? Sure, it does. There's not, nothing beats uh, examples. Nothing beats getting out there and, and talking to people and watching how other people interact. It's one of the, the little secrets of, of secret uh, advantages of play parties. Right. Watching couples and dynamics interact and deciding for yourself if that sounds good to you. At least then you get a path open up in front of you and you think, I might want to try that. It's a good thing to do for people who have absolutely no clue because um, either they're new to the community or they're not new to the community and they're starting to try, they want to try something new. It's absolutely no different for a dominant too. I mean, I cannot tell you how many things that I learned about my end of the power exchange dynamic from watching other people too Mm -hmm. and seeing how the behaviors of dominance that I related to affected their, their submissives and right. to see the exchange and the reaction and then to see um, how that worked out in their bigger picture of their relationship. And that was also going to a lot of classes, you know, where um, couples 
both spoke on the dynamics. I, I went to quite a few master slave classes and dom sub classes where both the dominant and the submissive spoke about their experiences and things like that. And that was super helpful to me to have a more realistic expectation of what that is. Cause you know, right. you have the fantasy in your head and this is how it works. And it's like, Oh no, it doesn't always, right. that sounds, <laughs> sounds great in a fucking book. So, <laughs> so going on to some other suggestions when, when you haven't had that lucky, good first relationship, where there was a lot of positive and you learned, oh, this person treated me really well. You're kind of still holding out that hope that it exists, but you still haven't experienced it. Always would suggest incremental trust exercises mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, let them take me and throw me in a trunk or her throw me in a trunk and drive me away and then do all this consensual non-consent stuff. And, and just yeah. kind of hope it works out, you know, go slow. Right. You know, maybe just try wearing a cuffs. I remember the very one, a first scene that I did on somebody, which was to this day, one of the most effective scenes I ever had with a submissive. And it was like my first relationship when I got into the lifestyle, when I, I met this woman in a munch and, you know, we had already talked a little bit and she's like, I have a lot of trust issues and I've, you know, I had some problems. So I, I really don't know how to even broach this whole play thing and whatever. And so I think I talked about it on the show once. I literally just said, okay, can we try something right here? And she's like, what? And I go, can I just uh, hold your wrist? And she's like, Yes. And so she let me hold her wrist and I just took her wrist. I didn't squeeze. I didn't. I just held her wrist and I looked at her in the eye and I said, thank you very much for trusting me. Then I asked her if it was okay if I touched her arm and she said yes. And, and then I just patted her forearm, just pat, 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 pat. And I said, that's it. That's your first play scene. Thank you for trusting me. And she just looked at me with this like befuddled look. And I was, and I let go of her, her, arm and then she just looks at me and she holds out the other arm and she's like eh. <laughs> hey come on <laughs> you can't do one so i mean and that was so profound and she wrote about that and she thought about that and you know i'm not going to say it made me like some genius or something but something that simple something that simple can really start the ball rolling in helping somebody with trust issues, you know, start trust. Right. We did all sorts of crazy, wonderful things later once she had more trust in me. But to start out with, that was an amazing, intense fucking moment. That sounds very cool. Not as fun as sodomy, but it was still pretty cool. Well, God, what is really? Yes, sodomy. <laughs> Well, thank you very much to Bloom for letting us use her post. That was a great writing. Is a zebra labia all covered with stripes? Seek our godly wisdom on some fucking advice. Cha-cha. Cha-cha. <laughs> we have an email from The Thorns Embrace. I really like that name. I it's very Jesus-y. Yes, it, it is. It's very, very biblical. It's very biblical, like <laughs> pounding that fucking nail of thorns ah, thing into his head. Ah, yeah. Okay. It's a fictional story, Pumpkin. She writes to us and says, Hi, I love the podcast. I have a story and a bit of a problem. For most of my life, I've identified as Polly. Always had at least two crushes in school. Fantasy. Oh, I don't. Is this a guy or a girl? I didn't even realize. Doesn't it's a guy, matter. right? Okay. I don't, I don't know. For most of my life, I identified as Polly. I always had at least two crushes in school. Fantasized about having two partners, etc. It's been a strong part of my identity. I was in a web of two to four partners for about five to six years after high school. During that time, I had strong feelings for my best friend, who was in back-to-back -back monogamous relationships and lived far away. Eventually, the stars aligned and we started dating. We were in an open, long-distance relationship for most of the two years that we dated. I tried my best to date new people, but I just couldn't stay interested. 
It was the strangest thing. I went from happily fucking on the first date to ending dates with flimsy excuses because I was so bored. Tragically, our mental illnesses clashed in a really ugly way and we broke up. Two years post-breakup, I still haven't found someone I want to date. At most, I get fleeting crushes, but nothing lasts past the second date. I don't want to say something's broken, but it definitely feels like I'm stuck somehow, and I don't know how to get back to my old self. Oh, man. Oh, I read that last line. Just I'm like, okay, Kathy's going to yell at me, but I'm I'm writing this person <laughs> back right now. Oh, you did. I saw it. <laughs> I did, because I didn't know how soon we were going to get to it, because mm-hmm. the first thing that just struck me, which this is, once again, all of these feelings are not uncommon. It's it's okay to have these feelings when all of a sudden you're not the way you were. But the first thing I, I had to say to the poster, you're not broken. You're changing. Mm-hmm. You're growing. The old self is dead because you're not that person. And this is one of the biggest things that screws me and screws millions of people every day in their life. They keep trying to hold on to like that old self, even though years have passed and you've had all these new experiences and all these new influences and you've heard and you've read and you've watched and you are not that same person. And we keep chasing the dragon like a crackhead junkie to try to relive feelings that we're incapable of feeling because we're a different person now. Right. And we have that image of ourselves that we kind of want to live up to because maybe the, the multi poly fuck on the first thing date thing, you know, it it was kind of, it was a cooler image and we want to keep that image because we like thinking we're cool. But the reality is, is, Maybe you're not that person anymore. And our, yes, go ahead. You go. I, you're absolutely right. When you, I, when, when we begin to identify strongly with a particular uh, identity of ours, it can be devastating not to have it anymore. I, I have a friend right now who's going through something very similar. And uh, I'll be honest, not everybody comes out of it. The, the, the downside is that sometimes you get so mired down in who you used to be and you want it back so badly that you kind of fuck yourself over because there is something else on the horizon. There's a reason why we change. It's not always a great reason, but the reason is always there. And sometimes you you either go with the flow and try and find something better. And I got to tell you, there are so many possibilities out there that you have a pretty good chance of finding something you like just as much or better. Yes. There is so much variety in life. There is so much that you can do. But we get, we're hardwired to be that way. We get complacent. We like where we are. God knows I was complacent for the last seven years. Never bothered finding another play partner. And I probably should have. But it just feels so good when you love the place you're at. And then you find that it's no longer there. And I think you're right. That's really great advice to give someone is you're you're changing. There's a reason why. Uh, and, and let me let me give you an example. I never I was never very promiscuous in high school at all. I didn't have sex for the first time until I was 21. Um, I got into the kink community very late in life. And I have done weird reversals where I've celibate for like eight years. And then I'm just calling somebody up and fucking them. with I don't even know them. And then I switch over and find somebody that I connect with really great. And now I'm in another transition. That's just the way life fucking is. There's no getting around that. And it you is. either, you either embrace it or you succumb to depression, which I don't, I'm not saying I'm not casting shame on anyone because Lord knows I have succumbed to suppression, depression and it is not fun. Uh, but ultimately you're the only one who can pull yourself out of that. Kathy, that is, incredibly you had some things in there that were almost like positive memes what stop it I, don't you dare just... say that to me i am a nihilist how <laughs> dare you call me optimistic <laughs> oh my god i was just staring i was like looking around the library and i'm like these people should hear this why do you hate me <laughs> 
I can't agree with you more in in that I think that was incredibly well spoken that that there are other things potentially out there for the real authentic you yeah that they they may be completely different or they may be completely different and then you may cycle back into a moment where opportunities lead you to another horror phase Right. Which I would like a horror phase. I what I would like a horror phase. Why are you hoping? I'm hoping for Kathy's horror phase. I hope our horror phases interject and we can like high five each other. <laughs> I want to. You know what? I'm was I told you I was brushing up my profile and one of the things I wrote was I'm a demisexual who nonetheless still wants to get fucked and used by strangers. <laughs> Bravo! I can't help it. I just want to get fucked by people. But stranger, but I said, but they have to be nice. Oh, and they have to be clean. Oh, and maybe they could be really nice to me afterwards and take me out to dinner. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Kathy. I lost the, the you, train of you thought. You lost there. that loving feeling. <laughs> you lost that horny feeling. God There's something it. wrong with me. <laughs> there absolutely is. But just uh, fantastically uh, well put. Um, that instead of being the old you and it just see what happens, yeah, you know, and that's what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. Hopefully that's what this poster is going to embrace and do that. This is in, and you know, I think what's more authentic and what's definitely cooler is the fact that we change and there'll be a topic. I, I wrote a topic and I posted it that change is not, a Hollywood space alien, hmm. and to it because no, because in Hollywood, uh, you know, humans are always finding some magical bullshit way to exploit a loophole that in reality would never fucking exist in order to defeat the aliens and keep life on Earth. As it is with humans in charge. Oh my! Hey, man, you're giving the milk away. No one's going to buy the cow. Save well, it for the host. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, and that's just the the preview. You okay. know, it's just like just that that idea, and that's kind of how we view when we don't want to change. We're so desperate that we just make up all of these stories and religions and patriotisms to just to just kind of bullshit ourselves to thinking that we can just stay the same and have power where we don't have power. Right. And so uh, I think treating these things not as a break, not I'm broken, but instead, well, I guess I'm going to find out some new stuff about myself. And if I, and if I celebrate that, then it's more likely to be positive. Right. If you lament, is lament the right word? No. Yes. If is you lament, lament the loss of who you were. If you lament the loss of who you were and you, you try to stay in that, then all you have is suffering and inauthenticity. And then you try to just fake who you are for the rest of your life. And that fucking sucks. That fucking blows. Never do that. Yeah. Ha! Ha! Ah. That's right, Kathy. We're going to go get chicken and be swingers. You're not going to be a swinger. I can't if, see you at a swingers party. If I could just get an erection with all that fucking activity going on, I do it. But I just I get so overwhelmed with input that like I can count on one hand how many times I fucked in the dungeon in a private room, you know, you know, and people walked by and maybe looked in for a little bit, but you know, I just get very distracted, right. and that's part of the erectile. You know, when it goes bad, right? Because I just get so distracted with all my thoughts. But I would love it if I could just walk in a room and just have a boner and be like, "Hey, ladies, <laughs> step aside, men. I'm gonna come in and fill a hole." Oh my god! Bam! Ow! Was that the sound of your penis hitting the door? <laughs> that was the sound of my penis hitting the floor because it went limp. Oh, my. Ow! Thunk. Aw. Oh, my God. Drunk ass fucking suck! Hey, baby. I want to 
stick my face on your tits. You wanna? Stay on guard when you're out in the club. The library show 319. It's not the library show. It's the library show. Holy shit. Wait a minute. Wait. Yes? Did we talk about the parties you were going to go to? No, we did not because I did not want to barge into your very lengthy but interesting potato mayhem story. (laughs) It was very interesting. It had me me on the edge of my seat, Boogie. Did it have you getting wet on the edge of your seat? Well, let's not go that far. Ooh. Well, you can think <laughs> about Mew and not me, but, you know, because she's still cute. I haven't well, seen no. Mew in so long. I don't even. I don't think that's even possible. I don't remember what she looks like. Anymore. She's still cute. She looks slightly more mature, and she does still have a vagina. Oh well, if the vagina's there. But enough <laughs> about me. Do you might. <laughs> what? All right. Are, you're going to a party, or you want to tell us after the? No. What no, party you're going I've to, decided- and then we can wait. There's not a whole lot of parties I want to go to. Frankly, uh, Threshold is is opening up again. Okay. But I have no desire to go there without a posse. Right, right, right. Uh, right. I need you and my Michelle and Papi Ramon and Whip Paddle and a bunch of other people all getting together before we go over there. So I've been hitting the WeHo Munch, the WeHo Parties. And I did meet, and I forgot her name. I think it could be... I forgot, but you and I know her. She is running a party at the West Hollywood area called Gips and Muse Play Party. It's a pet party. Okay. And I just want to go so badly. The only thing that I don't like about this place is they charge a shit ton of money to get in. 20 to 40 bucks for a party. Ooh. And right now, when there's not that many parties, I'm willing to pay for it. But just wait until the parties get cheaper or I want to use my party passes at at Threshold, of of which we have a ton. Yes. Yes. Yes, we do. So I definitely want to hit that, which is away from this Saturday. But more importantly, Boogie, my Michelle is also starting her sweet sadist parties at the same location. Oh. Ah, so at the beginning of August, she's having a sweet sadist party. And I'm going to be there because I'm feeling the need to get Madame Groove on and uh, whack some men around. Wow. Good. Good. I don't know if I'll make it. This is like the first munch I went to. I'm setting these goals for myself. And I'm, I sound really good right now, and everything's really good, and then something will bring me down, and days later, I'm, I'm dragging myself out of it. So I do consider it progress, but I'm just, I'm giving myself the out. This is my goal, and this is my plan. Kathy, I'm sure we all look forward to seeing on whether or not this comes to fruition, but because it's August, I can sense, as we have seen you incrementally get better uh, and better and it's like take two steps forward a step back three steps forward four steps back you are progressing so i think all through july and into early august should be enough time for you to get to that place but you you nobody's obligating you to do anything right and uh but it would i think that would be a fun party for you I, I agree because a lot of my friends are there. And these are female friends who I feel very supported around. It all it, I, I will go up to people like at the Munch or, or other events. And I will um, I can tell automatically when I'm dealing with someone who has been through something similar. Because their eyes just droop and they look at you like you poor fucking <laughs> damaged person. I know exactly what you're going through. That's, this is the bubble over their head. I know exactly what you're going through. I know there's nothing I can say to help you. Um, I'm just going to go over there and get you a drink. <laughs> That's the look on their face because they've been through it and they know how absolutely horrendous it is. So I enjoy being around my girlfriends and I, I feel very safe there. And I don't know that I'm going to play. I mean, that was just a little fantasy in my head that I would play. But just being in that atmosphere is going to, I think, make you feel really good. You could always fist my Michelle. My Michelle's going to be running the party. If she ha- weren't, I would probably, you know, give into something like that. But yeah, this is, I don't know that she uh, would be willing to do that at her own party. Never know. know. Never know. I'll call her on the phone tomorrow no, and ask please her. please don't. <laughs> Pimp me out. Stop it. <laughs> I didn't tell you that I was going, that she and uh, Papi Ramon invited me to a barbecue the other day because I knew if I did, you'd secretly text her and go, while you're there, make sure she fingers you. 
It's like you know me. <laughs> Such a slob. Well, Kathy, uh, please continue with your end show. I mean, I'm glad we, we talked about that, and we surely do look uh, forward to yes. potential stories about that. Okay, thank you to all of you who support us by listening to our show, pimping us out to your friends, tagging us on FetLife, or supporting us on patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. Speaking of Patreon, a humongous, humongous shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We don't always, you know, give you all these kudos, but believe me, Boogie and I do look at everything you guys do and every month that you guys allow that month, your five bucks a month to flow in. It just makes us feel amazing that you guys think of us as supporters. So thank you very much. If you'd like to reach out to us for any reason, drop us a line at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can reach us through our FetLife profile, cleverly entitled Perverted Podcast. And Kathy, it has been an exceptional show. And uh, I'm really glad to be back. I am, of course, terrified and shoving things down emotionally. And it's also, I'd like to give a special thanks to the Burbank Library. Uh, right now for providing this nice air-conditioned room and uh, all the people that I just stare at the backs of their heads while I'm saying all of these wonderful things that I believe, because I've talked to the people about, you know, and they say, no, you can do a podcast here, because I said that's what I want to do. And they said, you can do it. They don't know the topic, but this is a very liberal library. There's a lot of sex-positive things, uh, and there are a lot of LGBT-friendly uh, things. So I think uh, if they knew, maybe not the specifics, but knew that our goal was to empower our listeners and give them new ideas and things to think about and hopefully express themselves in a good way, that I think they would think this was positive before they called the police and threw me out of here. <laughs> oh, they'd still call the police. They'd still call the police. <laughs> And uh, but then uh, but they would think about it and then yeah they'd still call the police. <laughs> so we'll see you guys maybe next week if, if this works out. I'll do I'll do the same thing here uh, uh, next week and look forward to three twenty and all of the fun that we can discover in the next week. Woo-hoo!